welcome in everybody to Tape to Tape with uh, Maria and Caroline. I will be your host tonight. I am uh, Maria from Watertown. We are recording episode 18 on January 23rd, 2004. I will be um, setting the table for you, but before doing so, I would like to welcome in my stalwart co-host, Carolyn. Um, I'm I'm so glad to be back on the air with you. Thanks for uh, giving me a little bit of time to uh, have a little R and R with with uh, my kids. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you're back. Uh, also, hopefully your your vacation brain has been uh, rested because I'm pretty sure you said it was 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. What a way to die. Okay. That was literally 20 years ago. I'm still drinking rum punch <laughs> in the Turks and Caicos. Yes. Yes. A rude awakening to welcome you back oh, to the God. Northeast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm so excited. Thank you very little. <laughs> I'm excited to have you back. Um, we've uh, had a great last couple of weeks uh, without you. and. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm excited to have our chats back. And I just want to take this opportunity while we're on air and recording to um express my thanks to our fill-in co-hosts for last week, Mo and Adrian. Thank you very much. Very much appreciated so that we can continue our weekly recordings and um the show must go on. Indeed, indeed. It was a busy one. As it always is, uh, the season never stops, and we've got games now practically every other day. It's like I think it's going to be like this till March. So strap in, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a grind, folks. It's going to be a grind. <laughs> um, but right now, you know, we're we're we have the pleasure of being able to talk about some damn good hockey that this mm -hmm. team has been playing. So before we get down to the nitty gritty of talking about recent games, mm -hmm. there's, you know, some table setting and a couple of items that uh, we want to touch upon just because they are newsworthy items. Um, one of which was, you know, a, uh, a, a rumor of <laughs> the, the uh, the great Patrice Bergeron potentially uh, making a comeback. Jeremy Swayman had some very eye-opening and interesting comments about a week ago related to his arbitration. And I know you, my friend, are mm. chomping at the bit to talk about our current captain, otherwise known as the little ball of hate, Brad Marchand, <laughs> and the milestones that yes. this guy is, is hitting in his career. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Maria, tell me a little bit about this rumor. Uh, I saw the headlines and I was like, I'm not clicking that. But how did this get started? What did, what did those guys say that got this so rumor going? It, I, I think it originated with um, the Spit and Chicklets guys. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's my understanding that once a week, Bergeron skates with... Um, Tuca, mm -hmm. himself, and a couple of other guys that are alumni. Yeah. Just, you know, take some twirls around, yeah. um, around the arena. 
So this prompted. Oh, uh, Yeah, this prompted speculation, <laughs> rumor, you know, yeah. brash talk. Uh, call it what you will. Yeah. That maybe, maybe oh, he's stop. contemplating a comeback because who skates to stay in shape for alumni games, right? That Patrice Bergeron. Like, that, have they that, never? That, that, that was. That was the speculation that lended lend itself. Now, as much as I wanted to believe this yeah. rumor, right? I thought to myself, why would he want to do that? Right. No. Why would he want to subject no. himself to that? Now he's 38 at yeah. this point. Yeah. So I asked Bob Beers and Judd Surratt. Oh, yes. During my regular, regular kind of call to your regular guest spot. <laughs> my regular first caller of the, the morning on Saturday mornings for the AT&T hockey show. And I asked them, is this much ado about nothing? Yeah. And basically the answer was, of course it is. Yeah. But it prompted all of this conversation. Patrice Bergeron to have to come out. Oh, in, no. In an interview that he was having with the Canadian press. Oh, that geez. he virtually just said, no, it's not happening. <laughs> I'm not making a comeback, oh, no. not trying to make a comeback. Bergeron no. said, anyone watching the skates would know there's no truth to the comeback rumors. It's a slow pace. So, yeah. Oh, geez. So as much, as much, as much as we, you know, all for a short period of time thought, hmm. Could this be plausible? <laughs> Any potential for this? Yeah. So, um, but it was, it was, you know, it was fun fodder while yeah. it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, I'm not surprised that he's out there doing that. I mean, first of all, he just retired. This is something that he's done every single day for 20 years. I mean, it, yeah, come on. Of course he's not. Like, give me a break. Yeah. So. Uh, and then do share about Jeremy Swayman's comments, because I like to think that I'm in the know about everything that's kind of going on around the rink related to the Bruins. But this was a new comment that I didn't hear. So yeah, I'm excited the, to hear this. The, uh, the, these are these now these are the kind of comments that do lend themselves to the the old uh, song things that make you go, hmm. Right. So after after he received his um, All Star nod mm -hmm. in a post game, he was asked about you know how he felt about being named to the All Star team, you know, and of course being being the class guy mm -hmm. that he is, he gave credit to the guys in front of him, you know, sure. his teammates, yeah. the players. Um, who were playing good defense in front of him. Yeah. But then he went on to say, without any prompting, mm -hmm. and I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. Um, he, it was quote, unquote, after dealing with what I did this summer with arbitration, huh. hearing things that a player should never hear, it feels pretty special to be in this situation. That is a direct quote. Wow. Now, here. What does that mean? 
Well, here, here's, here's my take. I don't yeah. know anything. I don't have any, any inside knowledge. I'm yeah. just speculating because we can, because it's our podcast and we can yeah. speculate about anything uh, we want. Exactly. Exactly. So Jeremy and his camp are the ones that took the Bruins to arbitration. Yeah. Clearly they probably had a, a thought in their mind about what his value is right. and will be now. Well, okay, moving forward. And I got, I got thoughts on that when you're done with it. I know you do. Okay. <laughs> and so it, it can be a very slippery slope and a very awkward and uncomfortable position mm -hmm. to put yourself in. Yeah. Now, whatever he heard, he must not have, I, I can only speculate, maybe he didn't appreciate, maybe yeah. he didn't agree, right? Because if, you, if I come to you and say, Carolyn, you yeah. know what I think I'm worth to this podcast? <laughs> I think I'm worth such and such an yeah. amount of money or yeah. such and such value, what I bring to the table because I'm Maria from Watertown. Yeah. And you are sitting across from me with mm -hmm. an arbitrator sitting in the middle who's facilitating the back and forth. And you say, yeah, no, you don't bring anything more to the table or no, these are the areas that I need to see you improve upon mm -hmm. in order to justify your value yep. to the contribution of this podcast. So sometimes you can walk away in, in, in two different ways. Yeah. You can either be so pissed off mm -hmm. and so disillusioned that it fuels your fire and you take this, I'll show you mentality. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Or it can go the other way where you can start the season with the hair across your ass mm -hmm. and you can never Push it yeah. away. Yep. Jeremy seems to be doing the I'll show you. Yeah. And now th mm. there's no there's no doubt in my mind right now at this point in the season who yeah. the number one goalie is oh. in the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt. Um oh, this troubles me because. Here's the thing. So at the end of last season, heading into the free agency, I took a bit of a deep dive and I looked into the performance of some of our big free agents. So that was Cliffy, Freddie, and Sway. And I knew when it came to Clifton, I was like, this is how much he's going to be worth. I found a comparable. Um, and sure enough, um, he was gone. And actually, I can't even remember who the heck the player was, but the comparable that I picked was actually a guy on the Buffalo Sabres. I was like, oh, all right, that makes sense. Um, Freddie and Sway stumped me in terms of the Bruins' response. I mean, I don't, we, we obviously don't know what either camp was asking for, but I knew from looking at how they performed in previous years and how they performed in that exact year was like both of them 
deserve a raise. And I said, Jeremy Swayman, and this was in June, I said, Jeremy Swayman is deserving of a Jake Ottinger deal. That level of of a deal. And, you know, oh, you're crazy, whatever. That That's just, that's too much. That's too much money. I'm like, I, no, I don't think so at all. Um, he's he deserves it. I think he absolutely does. And I think if this team wants to to have him for the long term, um, they need to give him that kind of deal. And I'll tell you what, hearing now what may or may not have been said, um, and the Jake Ottinger deal, by the way, was a, a $4 million a year deal. I'm not recalling exactly how many years it was for, but um, so $4 million. I think it's only um, for the for this season. Well, Swayman's is only for this season. But what I was saying is like, he said, okay, so Jake Adger signed a three-year deal. So he got, he got three years at $4 million. Right. And I said, Jeremy Swayman is on par with Jake Ottinger. Even after last season, I was saying that. And to hear it sound like you walk in, just think about it from a work perspective. Remember, I talk about this all the time, that this is their work environment. I have been there where I have said, this is my value. This is my worth. This is what I deserve. And if it doesn't go your way, it's going to exactly like what you said. It's either going to result in you flailing or exceeding. And he is exceeding. And what terrifies me now is he's going to be a free agent again. Um, and he's outpaced that, that deal, yeah. uh, potentially, at least in terms yeah. of longevity. And he, and, and he may say, screw you is any amount of bitterness. You know, his friendships, his relationships with the players on the teams will last a lifetime. But I genuinely am concerned. He, he could feel like, all right, I'm going to do the best and I'm selling myself right now. As he should, as is his right. But that concerns me. So what a bummer. Um, so, and and I found it very odd that when the offseason started, mm. that Jeremy wasn't Sweeney's priority. Yeah. That he took care of other things mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm all about, you know, players should go out and get as much money as they can. Right. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Hands down. I don't think any player should have to feel that he or she needs to give their team potentially a discount. If you've Mm -hmm. proven yourself to be a good soldier, a good player, a good teammate, Mm -hmm. and you you get to that point where you're a free agent, you've earned the right to go get your money. So I thought it was a little weird. And I thought, you know, I wonder if in hindsight... Jeremy, you know, had a a moment to think and said, oh, boy, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or maybe he's putting the team on notice Mm -hmm. that you better show me the money. Yep. Yeah. You had better show me the money. Yep. 
So, I mean, unfortunately, he is still going to be um, an RFA. So, you know, it kind of complicates what the different options are and things like that. But I guess we're going to see how does it go? Is, is he going to get, you know, the respect he deserves or is something else going to happen? So it, it could shape up to be an interesting uh, offseason to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. although those those were actual legit, you know, mm -hmm. um, comments where you're like, wow, where did this come from now? Yeah. Yep. this point in time yep so uh but on to some happier news because i know we want to talk about the games but as you said i got to talk about my boy <laughs> no, brad no, no. marchand brad marchand I'm uh if, the, if this guy doesn't doesn't get into the hall of fame at some please. point please yeah please um I, I, I will fully admit this snuck up on me because, I don't know, you just kind of get lost in the fandom and you just live in the moment as a Bruins fan. And, you know, especially a lot of Bruins players, you know, the media is not tracking them to say, well, on this day, this guy did this compared to this other guy, right? Um, but this season alone, this is where Brad Marchand stands. And we'll talk in... in uh, one of the games where he um, passed a record as well. So I'm not going to include that in this. But in terms of uh, franchise records, so this season, he's going to be moving up in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different areas. Uh, games played currently, 993. He is in eighth place. Uh, he will be the eighth Boston Bruin to play 1,000 games. Um, that is, knock on wood, estimated to happen at home on February 13th against Tampa Bay. Um, in seventh place, someone that he is, again, knock on wood, going to pass Zidane Chara with 1,023 games. For goals, he's currently at 393. So I would hope that we will see him actually hit 400 career goals, which is absurd. He's currently in sixth place and he will very soon, again, knock on wood, be passing Ray Bork, who sits at 395. Uh, assists, he's currently at 513 assists. He's in eighth place. And he's in with strike within striking distance of Cashman, who is at 516. Um, points, he's currently at 906, which is fifth place. And again, striking distance of Espo at 1012 for his full, full career. So keep in mind, we're probably not going to be seeing a thousand points for him this season, this but season. it's very possible that he will catch Espo in points. Uh, when he's done uh plus minus currently at 295 which is fifth place espo is in fourth place at 306 penalties in minutes currently 1020 he's in ninth place and he's very certain to pass ted green at 1029 um with the with the way that things are uh, even strength goals currently 280 even strength goals he is in third place Second place, Espo at 289. 
Uh, power play goals. Currently, he has 79. He is in ninth place, and he's quite possibly able to pass Ken Hodge this season, who has 80. Uh, game-winning goals. Currently, has 75. He is in fourth place, right behind Phil Esposito once again at 77. And literally, the number of shots that he has taken in his career. You want to talk about a shot mentality. The man is currently in sixth place. Uh, with 2,535 shots, right behind Bobby Orr, who has 2,985. Uh, so this just astonishes me because I just remember it well as if it was yesterday, what it was really 12 years ago, watching this this little guy who was just out of control playing on the fourth line, and everyone saying. He's got the talent. He's just got to get his life under control there out on the ice. And my God, talk about a leader. So so many so of these can be attained, could likely be attained uh-huh. this season. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to jinx the guy. Let me knock on some wood. Please. Oh, my God. But he has been relatively healthy throughout mm-hmm. his career. So it is so plausible Mm -hmm. that he could start, you know, climbing even higher up the ladder with some of these stats. Yeah. Boston Bruins lore. Yep. Yep. It's it's amazing amazing. when you think about a guy that nobody had heard of. (laughs) Nobody had heard of. He's, you know, part of, you know, the fourth line in Mm -hmm. preseason and to start the season. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden he's playing on a top line with Patrice Bergeron. It's pretty freaking amazing what he's done. Yep. So he's not just a pain in the ass. He's also a really, really good player. He's a pretty damn good hockey player. Can he be a little bit bit of a meathead on occasion? Yeah. But hopefully, right. Hopefully. With growth and maturity, he'll yep. keep his nose clean. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and and as we all know, and we've kind of uh, alluded to, it's also going to be super exciting to see another current player climb to the top of a lot of those records um, in David Pasternak because he's also in the top 10 for a lot of these statistics that I just mentioned. And he's... Um, you know, quite a bit younger than um, Brad Marchand. So that's going to be exciting to watch too. You're literally watching history in the making. Like these the are so- once in a generation players right. to be breaking these records. So it's just a lot and of fun to watch. that segues very nicely mm. into, you know, with the all-star break coming up, folks, there won't be games to watch. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be breaking down the NHL mm-hmm. all-star game because <laughs> they're all um, not worthy of my time. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, any all-star games, but we'll be, we'll be doing an episode where, um, we'll be kind of doing our, you know, it's midterm point, midterm, midterm report cards and we'll be talking about, yeah. um, a lot of these players in, in more depth and, and detail as we move yeah. into the second half of the season, because let, let's, let's face it, something terrible and tragic would have to happen at this oh, point. Boy. For the Bruins not to be in the playoffs in yeah. some manner. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever seeding they end up in, they're going to be a playoff team. So, yeah, exactly. 
God willing. But we had some pretty fantastic some- games, two of yeah. which felt very playoffy, if I might say so myself. <laughs> oh no, I I, th- I think yeah, two out of the three. Yes. Yeah. One one was just an ultimate smackdown, uh, which we'll get to. <laughs> free for free for all. <laughs> yeah, an ultimate smackdown. Oh God. Yeah. So tell us about the games you were at. Like most of these, I was at both the Colorado game and the Canadians game. I was at the, um, I believe it was the Devils matinee game on Monday, but um, we'll 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 deal with the the Colorado game first, which was mm-hmm. um, pretty close to a playoff atmosphere as you're going to get during yep. the regular season. And here's what I'll say about Bruins fans and Boston sports fans in general, hmm. they, they know the score. They know the drill. <laughs> they know when there's a good, good team yeah. in the building. Yeah. And so I think that feeds the crowd yeah, totally. as well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, solid, solid game for the Bruins. Yeah. I was a little apprehensive going into this game. Um, you know, not because of how they'd been playing um, leading up to this, because obviously, you know, they they'd had some um, good games ahead of it. But the fact that they they just played Colorado, it felt like a hot second prior. Um, and I always get a little apprehensive ahead of these um, round twos, so to speak, like, you know, when when we've talked about how the scheduler um enjoys putting these games fairly close to each other, which I think is fantastic. I mean, it obviously can make for some really exciting hockey, but you know, it kind of, I don't know. I feel like with this season, that stretch in December just kind of has gotten me a little nervous. And so they played a solid game out there. So I wasn't sure, okay, what team is going to show up on the ice tonight? Um, and and it was my favorite team, <laughs> the good one, <laughs> when they actually had their stuff together. You know, it was solid. Yeah. Um, some great plays, goaltending. My God, like oh sway. And and let let's set the table for these mm. games, folks, because um, Olmark was dealing with an injury um, uh-huh. during these games, and so Jeremy Swayman was called upon, you know, to take take on the workload, which. Folks, for those of you who still not buying into the tandem goaltending um, scenario, I think was beneficial to Sway to be, yeah. able, you know, he had the ability to be able to yeah. play was these it four games I consecutively. I yeah. think it was four. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and, and I feel like more and more teams are they may not be necessarily doing like the straight up 50 50 tandem like what we've got in boston but i think you know gone are the days where you've got a goaltender who's playing 60 some odd games i mean if you've got anybody who's playing a massive amount of games it's a couple of guys in the league at this point so um it was kind of fun to see Jeremy Swayman in so many games in a row. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan and um, not having to play at that level every single game is ultimately what allowed him to have the energy and 
um, you know, the wherewithal to do that many games um, and, and still be phenomenal, you know? So it, it worked out in our favor. Yeah. He's, he, he, I mean, he's just been, he's, he's been spectacular this yeah. season. Now mm -hmm. he should get Vesna Swayman, Vesna yeah. consideration. But I sure. think the one factor that may not work in his favor is the fact that for the most part, he and Ulmark split the workload evenly. So yeah. when you see it, you know, when you see the likes of the goalie that we saw last night for yeah. Winnipeg, Connor Hellebuck, who at this point's already played 30 plus games and right. Jeremy Swayman's at 26, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's likely going to get a little bit more. Um, consideration because of the workload yeah i mean that's the thing right like it's the 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 guys who are in front of those voters more frequently are going to get a little bit more attention so i mean you know it happened for linus um last year although you know on morning brew they made a great point where but linus you know his situation he kind of came out of nowhere it's not that he was a bad goalie the year before, but I mean, it was night and day and Swayman's always, as long as he's been with the Bruins has always kind of been a, a rising goalie who has that skill and, you know, has been advancing as he's aged through his career. So maybe it's not surprising. I don't know. I just think he deserves votes. So we'll see what happens. Who knows? Who knows? But, of course, we can't forget, um, I remember thinking this that night as I was watching that game, that clearly David Pasternak listens to the podcast because uh, we gave him grief uh, about not meeting expectations on that road trip. Uh, and, boy, howdy, did he respond <laughs> with his uh, uh, apparently first hat trick of the season. Um in our discord we were talking about it and multiple of us could have sworn that he had already scored one this season so who knows this might be one of those uh what do they call it not the butterfly effect but um whatever it's called where we all think it's something that actually isn't real so <laughs> who knows but um that's what else happened in this game? Um, we had some fantastic uh, goals by JD. Uh, that was great to see, to see him really moving in that right direction. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm kind of surprised. I shouldn't be, but I guess I was skeptical when I heard him say, you know, several weeks ago, I'll find my game. I'll find my game. I'm like, okay, all right. But and, uh, the guy I, I think he found his game. How long is it going to take you to find it, Jake? And boy, did he stuff it down that throat. I think he found it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, take that one on the chin. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad. Like, it's great. Uh, there are certainly some other players on our, on the team who need to take a note from him on what the heck he did. Um, and, you well, know, uh, we're going to get to some stats. I, I think know. that you're going to find um, surprising. 
yeah. during the month of January uh, up until um, last night's game. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to those when we finish our synopsis of these games. Yeah. The the only thing. So continuing with the Colorado game mm. and how effective the Bruins were. Now mm-hmm. they did get um, outshot in the second period by a margin of 16 to eight. Yeah. But in the third period, mm. the Bruins held their Colorado's big boys mm-hmm. to four shots on goal. Crazy. 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 And they did that again last night. They did that last night too in Win- with against Winnipeg. Now, here's, here's the one aspect of that game that really frustrated me. It actually pissed me off. Yeah. Both both goals that Colorado scored were a result of guys planting themselves in the blue paint and nobody doing anything uh, to get them out of that blue paint. Yeah. I don't care if you have to take a flipping penalty. Yep. You don't let guys plant themselves no. there. No. And stand around and do nothing. Yep. Yep. Nope. You're 100% correct. Yeah. So it seems also like the second period has kind of been, especially if the Bruins generally play a good first period, uh, the second period, everyone kind of holds their breath. Um because as we've seen, it's just not been their strongest. It's a, you know, if they are strong in the first, the other team is going to take it as the opportunity to try and get things to swing back in their favor. Um, I, well, the, the Saturday game against Montreal, uh, <laughs> that was the free for all. So I don't even know where to start with that. And if that was kind well, of it. I'll, I'll, let, let me start with this by saying there is nothing better yeah. than slapping the Montreal Canadiens silly, especially, <laughs> especially on an era night. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, you know, the likes of, you know, Nifty and Cam yeah. Neely and Lyndon Byers and, you know, all those guys who came out on the ice to uh-huh. celebrate that special era of Bruins hockey going yeah. into, you know, the late, late nineties and, and, you know, yep. 2000. I mean, what, I mean, it was just now the Canadians gave the Bruins a game for maybe the first, I, I'll give them a little bit of, credit for maybe the first two periods. Yeah, I was going to say the first half. Yeah, period definitely the, the first period. And the game started right away with Montreal pulling their typical Montreal shit where, you know, they're, they're boarding, they're slashing, and nothing. Now, even with the officials helping them with making no calls on them, and yep. then phantom calls mm-hmm. on. So there was there was a call on Matt Grizzlick in the third period yep. that they called a slash absurd. 
It was absurd. And then there was another call where literally the puck sails over the glass. Oh, that was so irritating. Nothing. Yeah. On the way. Like, what was that conference about? They stopped because the linesman said it was out. And then, oh, apparently not. What? Yeah. Apparently not. We feel bad for the Canadians. Let's not give the Bruins a power play. That's what that call was about. Okay. (laughs) It's stop though. He's already dead. Right. I mean, what the hell are we doing here? (laughs) I know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That was really frustrating. That was frustrating. You you were right in your, your, your comment that, you know, it, the Bruins were lucky in the first period. Um, because Montreal did, did throw, they, they actually, they actually decided to play hockey Mm -hmm. in the first period. By the time the Canadians got to the third period, they had laid down like dogs and rolled over. Yeah. Yeah. There was just a total unmitigated quit factor in that team in the third period. Yeah. And I never thought I would see the day. Where a Montreal Canadiens team playing against their longtime rival, the Boston Bruins, would just outright quit. But they did. Yeah. Well, but when was the last time you saw the Bruins beat the Habs not with nine goals? <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I, I think there was a game many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how long ago. I'll never forget mm-hmm. it. It was against the Canadians and it was at the garden. I think the final score was like eight to four famous quote by Jack Edwards, something to the effect. Not only did they beat them on the score sheet, but they beat them. They, they beat them period because it was one of those games where every time you turned around, there was a fight. Oh God. We're literally Winning. Not only were they winning on the scoreboard, they were winning, <laughs> winning, the, fight. winning the fights. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I mean, I was really hoping to see, uh, you know, 10 goals because I don't know that I've ever watched a game where 10 goals have been scored. Um, but I mean, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. That was insane. No, and like <clears throat> 16 different Bruins. Everybody yeah. except. Yeah. Everybody except Patra and uh, Forbert had a point. That's insane. And, and Danton Heinen gets his, his, his the first hat trick of yep. his career. Yep. And I know I've been a little hard on Danton Heinen, so I wanted to show him a little bit of love. Congratulations <laughs> on, your, on your first hattie. And, you know, the, the, the kid is playing some, some good hockey. And I just want to share um, a tweet that um, Ty Anderson had posted during the course of the game against the Canadians on Saturday night. Yeah. And I'm just going to read it directly. The Bruins are outscoring opponents 26 to 14 during Heinen's 469 minutes of even strength time on ice this season he's had direct hand in 16 of those 26 goals to tremendous value add for them at league minimum so you know yeah 
Yeah. There, there's that. There, the guy is showing his value. We might not see the tangible effects of it, but these, you know, these are stats coming from people who are watching for things that you and I are not right. looking at during the course of game after game. So, yeah. um, you know, Don well, Sweeney saw a little bit of a diamond in the rough and got him on a great deal. A steal. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think for even the 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 casual observer or, you know, the the fan who maybe doesn't, you know, know all the ins and outs of playmaking and the hockey IQ stuff, I think it says something anytime you have a game or even any of these players who are more often than not bottom six players, if they are scoring points, getting goals, you know, are very active on the on the box score, score sheet, whatever, that says something really, really important. And that indicates tremendous depth. And that's what you need to have a successful team to, to win these games and to actually have a chance in the playoffs. You have to have that depth. You know, it, yes, you, you always hear me say, first and foremost, it's defense, it's goaltending that wins cups, but you can't get to the Stanley Cup final if you don't have guys who can score and you can't you steal the deal. Right. right. You, you can't seal yeah. the deal without it because I will then point you to game seven in the final in 2019 when this team could not buy a goal when they right. needed it. In spite because, of phenomenal goaltending, right? They kept relying on Ronmar, Shannon Pasta, or Craig. You're right. It just, I, I let you know, my head will explode if we go back to that. Yeah. Um, and just with regard to the Canadians game, um, all the reinforcements came back. Everyone who had been injured came back. We had Omar and Net. Vorbert was back. Carlo was back. Patra was back. Yeah. Now, to me, Carlo Carlo didn't look like he skipped a beat. No, not at all. Which is didn't. amazing because, as we yeah. have since learned, he had a concussion. Which, like you know, long term, I'm always worried for any player. Yes. but right, I, right. I can't right. believe that he was just still like as if nothing happened. But the rest of the guys seem yeah. to have a little bit of rust. Yeah, uh, particularly in that first period. And to your point. Yeah. You know, the the as the game went along, right? They seem to be getting a little better. But I would I yeah. will tell you that, and I know I've mentioned this in a prior podcast. Mm-hmm. Linus's glove side mm-hmm. is still a point of contention for me and a point of concern. Yeah, it was an issue again. In the it was against the Habs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. So I don't know. It's going to be something we have to keep an eye on and. You know, I'll, I want to try and do a better job myself of then on the flip side, seeing like, well, is that is that an issue ever for Swayman? Uh, because I think that glove side, at least right now, seems to be a pretty darn popular uh, place to go for a lot of goal scorers in the league right now. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're, um, so and, and you know, maybe I'm just p- nitpicking. 
I mean, you'd have to exactly because what else is there to really complain about? Right. (laughs) He's doing all right. (laughs) Absolutely. But this was a great game for the fact that these guys who were rusty, because some of them were out for a while and like with physical stuff that maybe was limiting, you know, range of motion and stuff. And so that was a that was a very lucky game that that's the game they were back for. Because even if they weren't playing their best, quite frankly, it didn't matter because we wiped the floor with Montreal. So, And you know what? I, <laughs> I, I loved the fact that Montreal's strategy literally blew up in their faces because <laughs> every time Pasta touched the puck in my yeah. view, now I'm up yeah. in the balcony, it's, you know, a little <laughs> high up, but not that high up, folks, uh-huh. that I can't see that every yeah. time Pasta touched the puck, in uh-huh. most instances, yeah. He was being double team. Yes. On a couple of occasions, he was triple team, yeah. which opens up the ice for everyone else. So at one I point know. in time, some point the Bruins say, you know what? Screw this. You're going to focus on him. Guess what? The rest of us know how to put the puck in the net, too. I know. I'm like, you do realize that there's like 18 other guys out there who can also score goals. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they, and, and mm. once they realized that the Bruins were just, it was open season. Yeah. Literally, you know, their, their, their defense is Montreal's defense is young and suspect to begin with, but yeah. boy, oh boy, did they flip and quit in yeah. the third period. Yeah. They quit on each other. They quit on their coach. They quit on their goalies. Yeah. Yeah. I was hearing some stuff just like the fact that they are so young and they gave up. And when you got a coach like Marty St. Louis and you play for Montreal, like that, that did not go over well um, in the, in the Montreal hockey sphere. Oh, so God, I'm sure <laughs> it did not go over well it's like, at all. You, you, you are a member of the oldest team. So you kind of can't, you can't do that kind of stuff. You can't just quit like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, they, they gave them a game up until I'd say, you know, the mid late, late in the second period, you could see the tide starting yep. to turn, but the third period was just <laughs> an abomination. If you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, it was a um, lot of fun to watch. I, I, do, I do have one more thing with respect yeah. to this game that I need to get off my chest. Yeah. Okay. To the, to the Boston Bruins fan base. Uh oh. Okay. The way, on them. <laughs> the way does not belong in the TD Garden. Okay? That crap to Fenway Park, not the TD Garden. They were drunk on the excitement of an absolute smackdown, Marie. I can guarantee you, you will never see that again. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I looked over and I'm like, is that wave coming towards our balcony section? Because nor am I, I'm not standing up, nor am I raising my arms, people. Okay. I don't think I've I don't think I've done the wave since 1992. Oh my God, what are we doing here? Well, I thought it was hilarious from my couch. And that's all we were talking about in the Discord because we also had a couple other Discord members uh, at that game as well, especially some out-of-towners, and so it was pretty hysterical. Um, but, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I know. I know. Please, never again, people. Okay. <laughs> they were just drunk on the excitement. Um, but the last couple of things that I would just want to point out about the game before we kind of talk quickly about the Winnipeg game from last night. Um, you know, some of the exciting things that uh, I saw. You know, we were talking about the records and things. Um, Marshan scores his 20th goal, which also snuck up on me. I was like, wow, really already? It's just this season is flying by. Um, and it was for his 11th consecutive season. Um, and surely if uh, there hadn't been that shortened season, um, it would have been higher. So um, very exciting to see that happen. I'm just so excited for him. Um, yeah, he's and I believe that's he's you know, that's the most that's the most of any Bruins player. He passed his good buddy Patrice, his BFF, Patrice. and the Chief, and the Chief, Mr. Busick. So he is truly a legend already. Um, but shall we talk a little bit about last night's game too? Yeah, because that that game was um, again another playoff. Mm. Even even though it was a Monday night. Yeah, um, it was just, could have been sleepy. It could have been sleepy, and and you know what? There were there were moments of lulls because both teams were being very very stingy. Yeah, um, when it came to offense. Yeah, but still, yeah, hell hell of a game for the Boston Bruins. I I was highly entertained. You know, I was given grief in the Discord today that uh, on Morning Brew that that Razor called the game boring, but I'll tell you what. Okay. Compared to, first of all, to the Montreal game. Sure. Yeah. It was boring, right? It was a score of four to one, but what was so exciting for me to watch was how tight the defense was. This is the defense that I have been waiting to see. This was the defense that we saw back in October and early November. I have been complaining about it. It feels like forever that it's just been leaky or they're making silly mistakes or they're not covering or, you know, they can't clear. They, they've, they spend way too much time in their, in the offensive zone well, the, their defensive zone because the defensemen can't gain possession and they can't clear the puck. And that's just been really, really irritating and frustrating to watch. And they were like a well-oiled machine last night. Both teams played defensively very well, and they were um, just keeping each other really uh, balanced in that first period. Um, although I do feel that the Bruins, you know, still had control, even though, um, you know, they scored a goal, Lauko scored, and then Winnipeg tied it up really fairly quickly. Really, but Fairly quickly, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the momentum was in the Bruins side going to the end. And that's when CC scores his goal. Um, what a change of pace for a, the Bruins to score a goal. Late I know, in the, the last chance. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, like I said, holding my breath every start of the second period because like, OK, yeah, Bruins were in charge towards the end. And I'm waiting to see the Winnipeg push. And the Winnipeg push never came in the second period because the Bruins held them to four shots, which was amazing. And like, yes, they've got people who are out as well, 
but still, like I've seen, we've seen the Bruins struggle. I mean, against Arizona, like, come on. They, so I was thrilled and there, that push came in the third period from Winnipeg and I was biting my nails because I was surely thinking like, all right, here it is. This is where, you know, they just run out of gas in the last five minutes and they're not going to be able to do it. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, shorty. To just how with the nail and watch that goal by DeBrusque, and you can see like the jubilation on his face. Uh, You know that he's he's you know contributing. He knows he knows it's a key spot to to get a goal in. It was um yeah this this team is is doing things mm -hmm. that I didn't expect it to be doing. I mean successfully. It's the tenor, the uh, you know the the how this season has gone has been completely different than last season. I would say, you know, a completely different flavor of 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 game, of season. But we're still on top. How? This is. I just was looking at the standings today, and I'm just like, I can't believe that this that we're here. Like, and I had faith. I was, I mean, I wouldn't say I was optimistic, but I was realistic. No, I was realistic as well. I think a lot of fans were, you know, I think we all knew there's no way that it's it's going to be a long, long, long time before any team reaches the milestones that the Bruins did last season. Yeah. You just, that's just kind of like an out-of-body experience right. that the group had. I went into this thinking, I think they're going to be a good team. I yeah. thought they would be like a middle-of-the-pack team. Yeah, I had, re- I had re- I have resolved myself in saying to the offseason, I don't care how they get in, just right. get in. Right. Just get in. And I thought that they could. I did think, okay, we got enough talent. We've got excellent leadership. I think we can make the playoffs. You know, last year when they played, it was so effortless. It was, I mean, about as perfect of a season that any hockey team could ever possibly experience. The The results were reliable. We knew exactly what was going to happen. They were dominant. I mean, literally, uh, it was effortless, effortless last year. It's definitely not effortless this year. It is very effortful. But it's a well-earned, like, they've put in the work. They have, you know, dug deep. And they're they're getting rewarded for that. And it's amazing. It's well, amazing. I, I, I think part of that success that we we have been seeing building since the start of the year, too, is that we're finally seeing some consistency Mm, with with the lines, with Mm -hmm. the lines. It seems like, you know, Monty is finally finding the, 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 the trios Mm -hmm. that are bringing out the best Mm -hmm. in each other, at Mm -hmm. least right now during this period of, of time. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you know, we knew it would take some time, especially with the way that he works, but, um yeah the 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 foundations were there i mean it's not like they're tremendously different than what they were 
in October or November. Um, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really thrilled with the, the coil Marshan line. You know, we got a little sneak peek of something that could be there in the playoffs last Charlie, season. How good has Charlie Coyle been? Woof. I mean, I mean, like I will I will tell you this. So, and I'm pretty sure I even said this on the pod early, early in the season. I've always believed that he is a phenomenal player and he is a contributing player. Every time he is involved in a play, I mean, I remember doing this as a for fun running his stats and realizing two, three seasons ago, every time he is involved in a play, um, you know, he's either getting a point and he's plus minus or whatever the team wins. So clearly if he's engaged with the play, they're going to do super well. But I always thought, well, but I've seen the extent of his talent and it's a great talent, but I think he's a three C because like, you know, anytime either Cassidy pulled him up or even in that first season when he got pulled up by Monty, he just couldn't quite pull it off. Um, and I'll tell you the, the, the two biggest differences that I see in him that I think are what makes the difference this season compared to any other season. His, and they're, they're related, his engagement with the game and the plays mm. is so much higher. There's so much more engagement. And I don't know if previously, you know, it was because he was tentative he wasn't empowered. Like, who knows what the reason was? You know, everyone's always saying, like, shoot the damn puck. Like, don't be the nice guy out on the ice. Just shoot it, yeah. right? I think being on the line with Brad Marchand. So Marchand and, you know, Bergeron had this as well. And this is how they got JD to up his level of game. Brad Marchand expects the moon. And the stars and the sky and the sun from his line mates when they play on a line with him. He's expecting you to be the very, very best player you could possibly be and having those expectations. But then I think also I would imagine there is a level of, okay, if you're going to play with me, this is how I want you involved. And I want to empower you to be involved so you can make those decisions, the right decisions, so that you are where you need to be when I am also out on the ice. And I think. That's the engagement that I'm talking about because like that goal last night, I mean, I I've never seen him play like that before that. And then the other Colorado game, when they were out in Colorado, he was on McKinnon, like white on rice. I mean, I have never seen him so engaged. So like just part of the play and it, it's, it's, it's transformational to watch him. Like, I can't believe it. I'm without words. <laughs> No, he's he seems to be flourishing in in the role that he's been elevated to, and and let let you know let, with proper support fast. with you're, proper you're support, not, right? And you, you're not you're not going to stay on a line with either Brad Marchand or David mm -hmm. Pasternak very long mm -hmm. if you don't elevate your game to their same level, right? So yeah. you know, I think that has been triggering and beneficial mm -hmm. for, for for Charlie. Um, yep. but it's just, 
it's just been so fun to watch. It has. Because he's you just know, so likable. You love is. it. Like, you just yeah. like him. And it's just like with Swayman, right? I just like him so much. His personality, he's just, he stands out in a really positive way. And so you're always going to cheer for a player like that on the team. And to see them be so successful, it's just exciting to watch. It really is. I love it. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, then, that's my, my speech on Charlie Coyle for today. <laughs> for today. We, we, we're showing, we're, 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 we're trying to get through the entire roster of showing everyone. I know, I know, so, I know. Um, but everybody's been contributing, so they all deserve it. <laughs> well, and speaking of which, now, since January, uh-huh. January 1, through the game last night, mm-hmm. the contributions across mm-hmm. the board are are pretty enlightening. Mm-hmm. When you look at point totals for all the games that have been played between Jan 1 and Jan 22. Now, we have the usual suspects at the top. Mm-hmm. Pasternak with 17 points, Charlie Coyle with 12, mm-hmm. Brad Marchand with 11. But mm-hmm. here's... Here's where you know this team has made a turnaround. Yep. Jake DeBrusque, nine points. Morgan yep. Geeky, nine points. Lindholm, nine points. Frederick McAvoy, JVR, all with seven points each. Danton Heinen, six points. Now, Zaka's been a little quiet, but here's what I'll say about that. He's been, he's, he's creating space oh, yep. for his line mates because he's not afraid of being physical and mm-hmm. he, his back check and forecheck game has been tremendous. Mm-hmm. So he stands in line with five points, Grizzlick with five, Carlo with four, you know, and even Laco, Ballquist, Shattenkirk, three points each. Yeah. You, you know, you're getting points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are contributing. The majority of your roster. Mm-hmm. That are suited up to play in these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like I'm. I'm. I'm glad for the All Star break for the players, but also a little bit bummed that that's right around the corner because I feel like we're just really getting into a groove, and I'm really enjoying all. And these you want to keep the momentum. I going. just want to keep so it going. I know. I know. When you have a break uh, such as this, it can work. You know. Yeah. Yep. Either one, one yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Two ways, so yeah. But you know, I, I, I think with with the coaching and the leadership and the buy-in uh-huh. that they all seem to have right now, yeah, I wouldn't expect if there is a bit of a lull, I wouldn't expect it to last very no. long. No, no, not at all. So, and you know, quite frankly, with the league all these teams, other teams kind of operating the, the way that they're operating, you know, nobody's really otherwise taking over, you know, the standings, nobody's having a runaway season. So there's no team that you say right mm-hmm. now, right, right now with any degree of certainty yep. that they're going to win a Stanley cup. Right. There, there's that much parity in the league. Yep. There's that much tightness and right. congestion in the standings. Right. So this is why every point yep. counts. 
Exactly. Every point counts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to really sweat when they do hit a brief skid, because as we saw, the Bruins kind of uh, didn't do great for, for four or five games. Right before Florida, holiday breaks. Yeah. Florida was, was Florida, breathing down their they, necks. They, and then they, they, they lost four. Yeah, yeah. They lost so four. So it, it all worked out. <laughs> it happens to every team. It's yep. normal. What mm-hmm. we s- witnessed last season mm-hmm. was an anomaly. It's oh, not yeah. normal. Yeah. Not normal for any team. Yep. Virtually in any sport to be that yep. dominant. Yep. Although the one thing I do hope is I wouldn't be mad if we lost, you know, a, a, maybe a couple, just a couple more games because. Oh, no, um, no, I, I agree. I, no, no, no. I, we, we don't, I, I, we don't want that trophy. We, we don't want that. No. Vancouver can have. I want to see that stinking president's trophy. Vancouver is welcome to it by all means. You you take that (laughs) vile trophy. (laughs) Yep. You don't hang a banner when you win the president's trophy. Nope. (laughs) But, uh. Man, we're already running out of time we, again. Uh, yeah. Why don't we kind of talk a little bit about um, what's real quick coming up? Who's on? Who's come? Who are we playing next before this all star so, break? Tomorrow, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, the Bruins have the um, Carolina mm-hmm. Hurricanes. Okay, who I think their season hasn't been as um, as they anticipated it. They've had a little yeah. bit of adversity, yeah, for lack of a better word themselves yep. but nonetheless to, uh, a big test for the Bruins. Yep. Then they um head to Ottawa. Ottawa on what the next night, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. The, yep. And, and then, then they, oh, Flyers. Yeah. That's They're a little be, surprising right now. Yeah, that's going to be nice TV folks because mm-hmm. that Flyers team has got something Something going on under John Quarterella that's working for them. So, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's no surprise. It's no surprise that there have been already kind of a couple players who have been like, "I would like to leave," because Tortorella, he's in all or nothing. He's like, "You're in or you're out, and you need to decide right this minute." And I don't want you if you're not 100 percent in. Um, but something's working for the guys who are left because. Uh, they're sneaking up out of nowhere. So the Metropolitan uh, Division, I think, is that's also up for grabs right now with that. And then probably the biggest uh, around the rink news that hit the, the Internet was the hiring of Patrick Waugh for the Islanders. So Lane Lambert. By Lou Lamarillo, who, you know, has a quick trigger finger on just about anything he does. He sure Um, does. And they had lost four games in a row Mm -hmm. and then fired their coach. They hire Patrick Waugh and they win their first game for him in overtime versus the Stars. Yep. It's he's a scary good coach. I mean, you know, when he was in uh, Colorado. As weird as that whole situation ended, uh, he won the Jack Adams, and then he went off uh, to play uh, or play coach some juniors, I think, right in the Quebec yes. uh, league. Yes. And 
I've read really, really positive uh, results and takes on his coaching style, like that he learned a lot and that he's a very, very good coach. And so, you know, the, the, the Islanders, they're not terrible. They're not out. Uh, because the race for the wild card in the East is still very, very tight. Um, so we, I, I would say the teams that are around them looking for a wild card spot should be quaking in their skates right now for sure. Yeah. There's still, there's still, there's still a lot of opportunities yep. for teams yeah. to, to come out of the all-star break mm-hmm. with, their hopes alive yep. of a play a playoff spot. So yeah. it's, and, you know, it's I guess fun. I have to give some credit to the league for having this amount of parity. I know, but they didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, not. Oh, I'll take it back. That's that's, that's what happens. Back. That's what happens with that uh me- miserly uh cap hit that they allowed this season only one million extra dollars that's what's going to happen so yeah um but then speaking of uh employment at other Uh, (laughs) this is our segment that's normally called what the chirp but i'm renaming it just for tonight (laughs) and it's more like what the hell (laughs) what the hell are the edmonton oilers doing with Corey perry I don't know. Like, wasn't it enough for them to have one problem child with the Vander Kane? Now, by all accounts, he's kept his nose clean. We haven't heard anything. I don't still play regularly. Perry. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what Corey Perry did. I don't care to know what he did. But really, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. And and they're on they're on like a 14 game win streak. And they yeah. bring this guy in. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, of of any maybe of the teams, there, maybe he's grown and developed in the two short months that <laughs> took time away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the Oilers, for as terrible of a start to the season that they had uh, since the firing of their coach, yeah. um, they've turned it around. But once again. You know, the question mark then for them comes down to, um, well, are they actually able to score goals when they're not on the power play? And what's their goaltending situation? Because that was what they faced last year. So, yeah, I, I just not that I pay attention you know, to what they the, did. The, the definition <laughs> of insanity is when you do the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and it seems to me that a team like the Edmonton Oilers keeps doing the same thing over and over again. It's great to bring these kind of guys in, but if if you still have instability, mm-hmm. and I'm talking to you too, Toronto Maple. I was going to say, <laughs> if you still have if you still have instability at the back end of your house, you can bring in all the top goal scorers that you want. I think you need to change your business model. Win it up, yeah. Hello, exactly. So, so on that note, yep, it's, uh, it's been a joy talking hockey again. (laughs) It's been, uh, it's been a very spirited conversation. I think if I do say so myself, I know Um, we'll be back again next week, folks, to, um, break down the, uh, the games 
that the Bruins yeah. have played, and maybe we'll do a little bit of um, a little bit of report card grades. Yeah. To uh, to lead us into the All Star break. So yeah. as always, Caroline, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you for your time, thank you for your uh, insight. Thanks to all of our listeners. Please um, consider subscribing. You can find us on Apple uh, Podcast. You can find us on Spotify. Yeah. And until next time, go Bruins. Go Bruins.